Assalamualaikum and salam sejahtera. Welcome to the Pucha Rose, where we sit down with industry experts and professionals to discuss current issues relevant to everyday Malaysians. For this episode, we will touch on the upcoming sexual harassment bill that is slated to be discussed in Parliament. Today, we have Miss Lillian Kok from Awam Malaysia, the All Women's Action Society. Uh, Miss Lillian, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Lillian, and I am the Program Officer for Awam Sexual Harassment Awareness Redress Prevention Program, otherwise known as SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. So I have been doing uh, the SHARP program in Awam for one year now. Prior to this, I was uh, in marketing with corporate, and prior to that, I was, I was a film student. Yeah, <laughs> I see. Oh, a film student. Yes. This is quite some departure from uh, what you learned in university and all that. Not so as well. Not yes, I would say yes and no in terms of technicality. Yes, but then uh, for the other aspects, I would say that it is quite relevant because it is still under the basis of uh, mass communication, right? So when I want to come out and talk about sexual harassment, when I want to come out and talk about a cause that I believe in, uh, you know, I already have the technical skills to utilize it, to spread my message out accordingly, according to my target audience. So you see, it's always a win-win situation. Never <laughs> never regret with your decisions in life. <laughs> that actually just shows how diverse uh, one's life can go with any degree. Just because that you, you did filmmaking doesn't mean that you can't be involved in uh, social social impact organizations exactly. such as Awam, you know. Exactly. And just because you had experience in corporate, that doesn't mean that you cannot make the transition to go to NGO if you have the passion and the will to help your community. Right. That's very good food for thought. Hopefully our listeners would also be inspired by that. You know? Yes. We need more people to do good things. You know, the problem is not about how many good people are there in this world, but it's about how many good people who are brave enough to do good, the good and the right things in, in this time of uncertainty, you know, in this uncertain state in our country, that is very important to see whether kita berani ke tak nak buat benda, the right thing. There you have it, guys. Very, very well put by Miss Lillian here. Um, but let's go into our topic today. So today we'll be talking about sexual harassment. Yes. And uh, the upcoming sexual harassment bill that will be tabled in parliament. Yes. So getting right into it, there are some instances of sexual harassment that are very clear mm-hmm. and some that may be a foreign concept, specifically in Malaysia's context. Yes. How is sexual harassment properly defined? And what are some lesser known examples of sexual harassment that we often see in society today? Okay, that's a very good question, right? So as far as we know that sexual harassment is any form of sexual conduct which intend to oppress, humiliate and threaten the other person. So it is any disturbing act of a sexual conduct which is aimed to, again, disturb, threaten or humiliate the recipient. So commonly, commonly in Malaysia, we are very uh, familiar with things like physical sexual harassment where we, where you know I just go up and just smack someone's behind or verbal you know catcalling or you know just um, just openly openly make a very suggestive or lewd 
a remark to somebody. And then, of course, there's non-verbal, which also I think is quite popular when I was growing up because I was always hearing stories about people flashing people in public, right? So uh, for the longest time ever, a lot of people only recognize uh, those kind of harassment, like physical, verbal, non-verbal, things that they can actually see, things which is very clear, very blatant, very out in the open. So that is what the normal uh, category or the normal illustration for sexual harassment has always been. But um, in the past, in the past 10, 15 to 10 years, I would say with the existence and the, um, the speed of internet technology, right? We see more and more online sexual harassments. So this happened because it is, of course, safer for the perpetrator to harass you online. I know it sounds very funny, right? It's safe for the perpetrator to harass online, but that's the reality. Sebab dia dekat belakang phone, belakang uh, computer, tak ada siapa boleh tengok, tak ada siapa boleh tahu. Nak, kalau nak report, nak lapor pun, susah. It's quite difficult. Because of their anonymity. Yes, yes. It? The anonymity, and it's not only that, it's also because of our reporting process when it comes to cyber crimes. So, but you have to go through MCCC, then, you know, if it's a police case, then you have to go through the police case, and then the police would, you know, the investigation process for online crime, it is quite tedious. So, uh, it's not to say that nobody's going to do their job, people will do their job, tapi it's, it's long, la. it takes a very long time, you know, and, and, and we all also know that uh, once a material goes up online, it is forever, it is forever. You will never be able to, to take it back. Although you do the right steps, you do the right measures, but you know you will still manage to find something about you that's online. Another kind of harassment, which is considered a form of sexual harassment, but it's not commonly recognized or acknowledged uh, because of our culture, is psychological sexual harassment. This is the one where when you keep persuading someone to go out with you on a date or go out to... They'll spend some time with you, but then uh, the other person is not keen and they don't want. So they, they repeatedly told you no, 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 but you repeatedly cannot take no for an answer. So, you know, this is, this is I, I kind of like to explain about this form of harassment because it is so embedded in our culture, in this, uh, I'm not going to say Malaysian culture, but I rasa budaya ni satu dunia. If, you, if we watch the Hollywood movies, it's the same. We watch the Korean dramas, it's the same. We watch Malaysian and uh, Malaysian dramas, pun no need to say lah. So this is the culture where we we appreciate people when they are persistent. When people keep asking you to go out on a date, our culture tells us that it's persistence. They tak they tak give up. Itu kas apa cinta sejati. So. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's not really the case because there are, you know, people do get, it is a very uncomfortable sensation. And sometimes psychological harassment can be mistaken as, uh, can, can not mistaken, sorry, can elevate to stalking. So when you keep saying no, this person still keeps coming, they tak not give up, they buat lagi besar, you know. Um, as in, they punya gest, uh, gesture lagi besar, tiba-tiba dia hantar, like something to your house. So that's that's uh, quite scary. 
actually, you know, if you don't want people to know where you live and then suddenly somebody knows where you live, uh, that's that would be considered stalking, which is a different thing altogether from what we are going to talk about today. Right. And also, I mean, one thing that is still, I guess, relatively new to both Malaysia's society as well as the global society is actually the idea mm-hmm. of consent and how, you know, that's, very, that's a very important uh, line that you do not cross, you know, if somebody mm. does not agree to whatever you're suggesting, then a no is a no, you know, even if there's no verbal, yes. verbal no's or any other words to say, to suggest, to suggest that way. But I think most the problem is, right, it's not, it's not about verbalizing the no. You know, like every time we, when, when Awang goes up for our training, we do have uh, effective communication as part of our syllabus. But we, we can't keep telling people that you have to speak up, you have to speak up because not everybody can speak up. You know, and not everybody will be able to be in a situation where they, they can say no. Like, misalnya, kalau, kalau kena diganggu oleh boss, macam mana? Uh, kalau, like, you know, right. if let's say my livelihood really depends on this job, I really, really need this job. I ada banyak, uh, banyak mulut to feed and I need this job. So, I, I, you know, it's not right for for someone to force me to, 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 to be... Uh, yeah, to be proper with my consent. So we can understand that. But what we encourage people uh, and what we tell people and encourage them is we try to make them understand that if you keep quiet, that is a yes. You know? So whatever you do, don't, mm-hmm. you know, even if you can't say no, but you keep quiet, maybe, you know, try try to think about something else, another method or another tactic. But whatever it is, we always stress to people that you cannot keep quiet. Even if you keep quiet, um, I don't know, maybe like for example, the, in the boss situation, maybe if your boss catch you, you can pretend that maybe someone is looking for you or you can try to uh, diffuse the situation. And that is what Awam's training is all about when we go out and uh, to talk to people about the prevention technique because there's no 100% ways for you to prevent sexual harassment. It can occur sometimes whether we know it or we don't. But whatever it is, it's very important that you just don't keep quiet. Right, I see. Moving on, is the notion that women are lesser than men the main cause of sexual harassment? Because like from this conversation we're talking, it's, it's usually a thing that's targeted towards okay. females rather than, mm-hmm. uh, rather than men. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So... Yes, I mean, as far as I've been working on this program, right, sexual harassment is always made to be feel like, like it's a women's problem. Issue wanita, yeah? Lelaki tidak, uh, tidak akan diganggu sexual. Tak, tak, uh, tak semestinya lelaki diganggu. Kalau lelaki diganggu, tak akan dia tak suka. You know, these are the, all the common things that we hear. So, here's the thing, right. like... Uh, sexual harassment happens not because of uh, it's not necessarily has to involve sex it doesn't necessarily have to involve uh, uh, gender as well sometimes it's just a display of a power instability a power inequality so there's a power situation where one person has a greater power over the other person so that's when they feel that they could do anything that they want to this other person to make them feel um, less less of how they feel at the moment by uh, attacking them sexually. So 
to say that are women lesser than men in as the main cause, I would say definitely not. But the only reason why women makes the majority of survivors in sexual harassment is because of our patriarchy values where women is second to men. But we also get cases where women bosses are the harassers. So how do you explain that, right? It's about power. It's not about gender. It's not about sex. Right. I hope that actually uh, helps to address a lot of the misconceptions about sexual harassment because people usually think that sexual harassment is a male versus female kind of thing. And that is something that that has long been an understood idea. And of course, it's a misconception. So I hope that what uh, you said Leading, leading this discussion towards a more yep. power-centric kind of debate would be, would be more ideal for uh, sexual yep. harassment, for explaining Sometimes it also, you know, the power, the power dynamics, right, could also go with, like, umur, usia. Like, kalau, um, kalau pelaku dia lagi tua, walaupun wanita, tapi dia lagi tua dari, uh, dari you, Let's say you are like 20 and your colleague is 40 years old, but she's not your boss. She's just a colleague, right? But just a senior staff. Um, right. When she harasses you, that's the, the power dynamics there. So about she's a senior staff, walaupun dia wanita, but and also age-wise, she's older than you. And in our culture, we always you know, tell the young to respect the old. So that is also a breeding ground for a potential sexual harassment to happen. And I, and I use this example because I do have a case with that situation. So you see, it's not a women's, uh, it's not a women's plight. Men do experience it as well. In the workplace, in public, there is a representation. I, see. I think one of the more recent examples that has been making the news is actually the case of mm, Harvey yep. Weinstein. Uh, yes. the Hollywood director and producer. Yes. So he pretty much predates uh, people who are younger, you know, upcoming uh, yep. actresses. And yeah, that only serves to explain more about how uh, the dynamic of sexual correct. harassment actually works. Correct. Yes, correct. And, and he's... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> no, because Harvey yeah, Weinstein is like very, of course, the ultimate power, power figure in Hollywood, right? So... So of course he true, true. that's that's the only reason why he could get away with what he could for however long that he got away for, and that's why his uh, victim count was that much because it's just a powerful figure. Moving on to the next question, so the All yep. Women's Action Society yep. Awam Malaysia has been actively involved in the push to get the sexual harassment bill tabled in Parliament in the upcoming session, which is scheduled to take yep. place starting next week. Can you tell us about what this bill will bring to the table in making Malaysia okay, so a safer So currently, place? right now, we have six laws and code amalan, code of conduct, to uh, which I, which is the, uh, legislation like legal legislation like. So I think um one of them is a code amalan, which is the the one from the human resource, and then the other one is uh, of course akta kanun kesiksaan. Uh, Saman Gangguan Sexual and then uh, uh, MCMC, the Akta Komunikasi dan Multimedia and then of course Employment Act and then Pekeliling Pejawat Awam. So out of all these six, right, only, uh, I would say only three will be applicable to the general public which is the Akta 
uh, which is the penal code uh, MCMC, MCMC Act, and as well as the Samangawa Sexual. But each and every one of these, right, they have its limitation. So at the moment, if I'm just going to put the three acts that I just talked about to cover the general public, it does not, um, it, you need a high burden of proof. And it does not cover, it only covers Malaysians. If you are a foreigner who is working or living in Malaysia, you are not covered if somebody sexually harasses you. So this bill is aimed to, aimed to address all the issues for the public. So for the public, the, this new sexual harassment bill will cover everybody in Malaysia, regardless of whether they're Malaysians or not. And it does not require a high burden of proof uh, like the penal code, it, it, it works on the balance of probability. The Sexual Harassment Act recommends a tribunal which, which works to, to, to receive and manage the complaints of uh, anyone who's been sexually harassed. And aside from individual on the individual level, right, the tribunal and the Act also has the power to ensure that all organisations, private and public, uh, have the obligation to safeguard their workplace or their environment from sexual harassment. So this would include like they are obligated to uh, have awareness programs, conduct trainings maybe twice a year, have like a HR uh, roundtable to, to talk about uh, how they deal with it. And then for every complaints on sexual harassment that they get, they are expected to, uh, if they do not, if they do not comply and and membuat siasatan as they should, then the complainant is uh, eligible to use the Sexual Harassment Act to get protection. So it kind of gives people who want to complain about sexual harassment another avenue, lah, In case your workplace or where you are at is not is not you're not satisfied with their investigation process. I'll give you an example, lah, like the, the the case that happened in University Malaya with the student. So she made a police report, right, after not receiving any news from the university about her sexual harassment case. Instead, so, so if there was in the situation where, where if the sexual harassment bill has been passed, right, she does not need to go to the police. She can just go to the tribunal to state her case. So in that sense, she does not, she's not burdened to provide any evidence and, um, Unlike the tort of sexual harassment or the samangangwa sexual, uh, she's not required any legal representation. Therefore, uh, there will be very minimal fee. There will be no cost, uh, cost for, for makama and everything. She doesn't have to hire a lawyer. So it's, it'll be cheap. And most importantly, uh, because it's not a court case, right? It'll be private. So uh, everybody's story and everybody's name will be spared, lah. One thing that's also been, uh, one thing that's also new knowledge to me as what we've discussed prior mm. to this uh, podcast is about how long it takes for a bill to actually be passed in parliament. It's definitely something yeah. that has been long overdue uh, in yeah. regards to passing the sexual harassment bill. Could you share with us what the tabling of this bill means to you and Awam Malaysia? Yeah, so Awam helped with the drafting of this bill bill about like 20 years ago with WCC, WCC Penang. So they were the ones who, who leaded it. Awam was involved. Uh, and in this time, Datuk Sri Sharizat. Uh. 
And then also at the time, KPWKM baru nak establish, kan? So we already started drafting a sexual harassment bill then. And then after that, you know, um, I think it's just the landscape, the political landscape of Malaysia, and then the social issues that we were facing in that 20 years did not require for the sexual harassment bill to take a precedence in tabling. But that's not to say that the ministry didn't table the other things, but like they managed to table Akta Keganasan Rumah Tangga, right? The Domestic Violence Act. So they passed that. And uh, right. Malaysia is the, first, is the first country in Southeast Asia to have a Domestic Violence Act, right? And then uh, the other one, right now we are trying to push for the anti-stalking bill. That's also another thing that we are working on. But, you know, we cannot compare it with SOAC, uh, uh, sexual, uh, the Sexual Offences Against Children Act, where historically that was the fastest bill to, be pa- to pass. But that's also good, uh, you know, because it's, of course, when it comes to uh, safeguarding children, that's, that takes higher precedence. Uh. So, uh, the thing about the, the differences between a social social issue like sexual harassment and then you compare it with domestic violence and then the other things that the women's group are fighting for, right? Because of our patriarchy culture that normalizes sexual harassment, that is why I think that, you know, this bill keeps taking the back seat because we keep normalizing it. Everything, like, kena kacau sikit, alah, dia gurau je. Kena kacau sikit, eh, you tak suka ke? Kena kacau sikit. Ah, tak apalah, dia handsome, dia cantik. You know, this normalization of our culture that is, um, that people didn't see, like, that the rakyat didn't see any uh, importance with it, and so did the people on top. Because when you want to pass a bill, right, it's not, it's not, it's not only up to the one percenters, it's not up to the, the, the leaders, you know, it's also up to the people because it's, it is actually the people that is driving um, the policies. We like to think that, you know, we, and the ministries also give us the kind of impression that, you know, that they are our boss, but actually, no, we are the bosses of, <laughs> of the country. So what happened was in the past, as I mentioned just now, just now, right, in the past uh, 10, uh, 15 to 10 years when internet is more rampant, globalization, lagi mendadak, people are exchanging knowledge and everything, there is a, 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 an increase in awareness towards sexual harassment. So suddenly people are aware, oh, macam ni tak boleh, macam tu tak boleh, eh, you tak boleh sentuh I macam ni, and then you cannot say that it's a joke, this is, this is not normal. And then also coupled together with uh, women's, uh, women's awareness and also like more and more women are getting more educated right now. They so they they understand better about their rights and their their own personal space. So that's why now people the topic of sexual harassment is starting to come up to the mainstream topics. Uh, come up with the mainstream topics. I think I think you yourself also you I mean for the past Maybe I can say the past one year, you've been reading a lot of uh, sexual harassment cases, right? Yeah, and those are just the reported yeah, ones. Definitely. How about the, unre- un- the, the not reported ones that, uh, that women NGOs are getting? Awam itself, we got about an average of 100, uh, 100 cases, not sexual harassment, la, not all sexual harassment, la, but in 100 cases about uh, like 
majority of them is about online sexual harassment. So, and these are the people who did not go and make an official report, you know. The things that you read in the newspaper are the things that sudah dilapor. Sudah dilapor, polis sudah membuat siasatan. So, you, can you imagine how, what, what, what is the prevalence like out there? Right. Uh, an issue with sexual harassment that still remains prevalent, like, as, we've, as we've been discussing, is the fact that yeah. many of these cases still go unreported. Uh, what reasons may be behind this? We, we like to normalize uh, sexual harassment as, as nothing of a big issue. Lah. So when that happens, what happens is like people who want to complain, they don't know how to complain. They don't have a, they don't know which avenue to go to. It's not that we don't have, you know, right now we do have. You can go to the police because if someone throws you a lewd signal or uh, say something nasty to you, you can definitely make a police report, right? Um. But then there is the fear, that's the public fear of uh, the police's reaction. Because sometimes they themselves, would, the police themselves will also trivialize the harassment. They will also tell you the same thing like, you know, why, why are you taking this too seriously and things like that. So the fear and the fear of being shamed is the biggest reason why Malaysians do not report. And this is, uh, this is proven in the in the survey done by Omnibus, uh, the, the last survey that they did about uh, sexual harassment uh, in Malaysia. And then the, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's about 54% people say that they do not make a report because they fear shame. Shame for the family. They fear shame towards the family. It, and then also we have cases, we okay. have um, yeah observe, observed, uh, made observations based on cases where where you have a lots of university, uh, lots of sexual harassment cases happening in universities and higher education institutions, but they go under, they, they do not go reported because these students, they just want to finish up their course. They don't want to make it such a big case. They just want to finish up and graduate and then move on. But this is what our society expects them to do, right? If you want to finish up your course and move on, then you just uh, drop it. Drop it. Just suck it up and live on with your abuser or your harasser. Just like how you mentioned earlier about uh, workplace harassment and how yeah. people would just want to just get on with it. This bill is going to help with the reporting because the tribunal uh, is more accessible and it has a certain, regula- uh, certain timeline and regulation to sort out every one of the complaints. So, and the tribunal also provides protection for witnesses and a non-retaliation uh, clause. So, you rest assured that anyone who makes a complaint, whether you are the survivor or just a bystander, um, you're, you will be protected like, under this act. So, this encourages reporting. But as it is also, we try, uh, although we understand the, the, the realities of making a report currently, we try to encourage people to make a report because uh, when you make an official report, right, it goes into our data. It goes into, not our data. When I say our, I mean the country's data. When it goes into the country's data, it will be easier for women's group like us to use those numbers to advocate for this bill to be passed so that we can help everybody to keep Malaysia safe. And how exactly, how is exactly accessible is this data um, for groups like our? We awa? can, 
we can we 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 do because we work with the police as well and we work very closely with the Kementerian Pembangunan Wanita uh, Keluarga dan Masyarakat so we do exchange information with them from time to time yeah uh, to wrap things up I guess uh, what other initiatives do you hope to see being tabled in parliament uh, definitely looking forward for the anti stalking bill to be passed because i think stalking is also another another social issue that we seem to normalize and romanticize for some reason <laughs> and um uh, and, and and actually stalking if you if it's not contained if it's not controlled it can escalate to more serious crimes yeah uh like murder murder is the worst uh, probably or sexual assault things like that so that's something definitely definitely we have to uh look into lah but uh, on a more closer uh, closer scale of things, we are looking forward for the ministers or, the, or any ministries um, to allocate some budget towards uh, women's movement, women's cause and women's movement as well for 2021. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for example, we are also quite keen if, you know, if the government can allocate more budgeting for the police to provide better things, better facilities and better amenities for the for the D11 department to do their work. We definitely yeah. applaud D11 for the initiatives and everything. That's why we hope that, you know, um, budget 2021, parliament will allocate a little bit more money for PDRM for their D11 uh, section. And also like uh, monies, uh, allocate monies for training of the uh, of the civil servants about you know, uh, gender based violence, and also uh, money to upgrade schools, upgrade shelters, and then things like that lah. I think a lot more emphasis also needs to be given in terms of, of money to school counselors as well. Yeah, right. to create a proper environment that will actually like help to improve um, reporting because right now people are just scared of reporting. So we need to have that sort of trustable environment that we that yeah, people right. can be yeah, that's, that's uh, able to report right. to yeah. you know so that's what we hope to see uh. hopefully they do get the funding that they need even more so with uh, budget for right. anyone yeah. coming up exciting in like, the next few days thank you so much miss lillian for your time all the best for awam's endeavors and hopefully this bill uh, the sexual harassment bill is yep. successfully tabled in parliament and perhaps, Miss Lillian, before we end, some last few words for the audience. Uh, if you need to talk to someone, if you have any issues whatsoever, uh, you need to call, you need to uh, get in touch uh, with Awam, or uh, you need to seek free, uh, not free, uh, actually our counselling is free. Uh, so what we do is Awam provides uh, free counselling as well as free legal information to anyone who needs it. So you can contact us at 016-237-4221. Thanks again to Ms. Lillian and our Malaysia for that informative session. Join us again next time on another installment of The Putreros. Thank you for listening, and in this tumultuous time, stay safe.